The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post brand studio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, January 22nd. In today's news, the King of Jordan has harsh words for Mike Pence. The U.S. Army is preparing to send a thousand more troops into Afghanistan. And there's a shortage of key supplies needed to treat the flu, thanks to Hurricane Maria. But first, the big idea. The government shutdown foreshadows a 2018 of inaction and gridlock. The failed efforts this weekend by moderates to end the shutdown underscored how poisoned the well has become. We're now in the third day of a shutdown that could last for a while, with President Trump and the leaders of both parties digging in their heels. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell postponed a symbolic vote that was scheduled for 1 a.m. so that his members wouldn't need to sit around all night. The roll call vote, designed to embarrass Democrats, will now take place around noon. The continuing impasse foreshadows how little will get done legislatively in the 10 months before the midterm elections. Republican leaders have already punted many of the top items on their wish list off the agenda, specifically their priorities related to overhauling entitlements, the ultimate third rail in American politics. Trump still hopes to pass an infrastructure package this year, but the shutdown makes that less likely. Conservatives say they're only going to support more spending if environmental and labor regulations are rolled back, which would make it impalatable for all but a few Democrats. Trump called yesterday on Senate Republicans to go totally nuclear, changing the rules so that they can pass any legislation with a simple majority of 50 votes, plus Mike Pence's tie-breaking vote. Hardliners like Ted Cruz endorse the idea. McConnell and other old bulls who have spent decades in the minority continue to resist this push because they understand that over the long term, turning the Senate into a majoritarian body like the House would probably benefit liberals more than conservatives. The result of all this is that not much is going to get done, except for confirming judges. The effects of the shutdown over the weekend were relatively limited, but it will become much more visible today, especially in Washington, with the start of a work week, as hundreds of thousands of federal workers stay home, furloughed. Here's where negotiations stand at this hour. McConnell announced late Sunday night that he would be willing to start debating immigration legislation if an agreement is not otherwise reached by early February. But the pledge came with several caveats that led senior Democrats to question whether it would ultimately be workable. The White House has said it supports the plan for funding the government through February 8th, but has been wary of making any concessions on immigration. While legislation protecting DACA recipients could probably move through the Senate, with Democratic support and a handful of Republicans supporting it, Trump has rejected proposals along those lines, and House Republican leaders are under fierce pressure not to even bring up a bill that a majority of Republicans would reject. So Democrats understand that this is their last best hope to get something done which is why they're driving such a hard bargain and willing to go to the mat. They're even willing to take what they realize are significant political risks. Five Senate Democrats broke ranks with Chuck Schumer over the weekend and voted against a government shutdown. All are from states that Trump carried in 2016. Four are up for re-election this year. Joe Donnelly from Indiana, Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, and Claire McCaskill from Missouri. Democratic operatives concede that there are risks for these members, even if they voted to keep the government open. 
a super PAC that's closely allied with Senate Democrats, Senate Majority PAC, commissioned a poll, a private poll, in 12 battleground states in December. It found that in more conservative states, blame for a shutdown would be split between Trump and Republicans and Democrats in Congress. But when interviewers asked respondents about a shutdown that might be tied to the legal status of dreamers, Democrats absorbed much more blame. So that's the risk. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the King of Jordan made pointed remarks about the Trump administration's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the official capital of Israel. King Abdullah II, one of America's closest allies in the region, delivered the remarks during a meeting with Vice President Mike Pence at his palace. He said he's repeatedly warned Washington about the risks of recognizing Jerusalem. Abdullah added that it was important to move forward with a two-state solution, with East Jerusalem as the capital of a Palestinian state. Pence's regional tour is aimed partly at smoothing over relations with our allies in the wake of the decision to recognize Jerusalem late last year. Number two, the United States Army is readying plans to send as many as 1,000 additional troops to Afghanistan this spring. That adds to the 14,000 troops we already have in the country. These new forces are part of a broader strategy to bolster local Afghan forces so that they can pound the Taliban during the upcoming fighting season. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis hasn't yet signed off on the proposal. Meanwhile, this weekend, the Taliban attacked an international hotel in Kabul, killing at least 18 people. Number three, the fallout from Hurricane Maria has caused a shortage in the supply of IV saline bags used to treat severe cases of the flu. Nearly half the bags used in the U.S. are produced in Puerto Rico, which is still reeling from the hurricane. Some hospitals are resorting to time-consuming treatments. The shortage is unlikely to cause a life-threatening breakdown of medical treatments. It does, however, expose a dangerous flaw in our medical supply chain, which is that many types of important medical equipment and medicines either come from abroad or rely on a single producer. This year's flu season is already especially bad. It's caused the deaths of 20 children. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, January 22nd. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.